Yeah, well, also, I mean, like, Joker wasn't even really, like, a sympathetic character, so I sort of don't understand. It's, like, it's like the, the way, like, the which is part of the reason why, like, I was like, I don't fucking care about superhero movies. I'm not even going to go see this. And I saw a bunch of moral yeah. outrage surrounding a superhero movie, <laughs> and I was like, ooh, 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 maybe I should go take a little look, see what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And, like, I really went in there expecting it to be, like, a cool incel that kills women and everyone's happy about it, you know, like based on what I was reading and I was just like, sure. Oh, it wasn't that at all. You know what I mean? But it was tight. Like any, but it wasn't tight because I watch it. The And I'm just like, Oh, I wish I was the Joker. You know, I feel like if it like, if that was your takeaway from that movie, you're kind of missing the point of the entire thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was about this, character story right i mean going from arthur to the joker right uh, it's like it's like i mean it's like a character story about like an insane man who has fallen through the cracks you know like Mm -hmm. and that was cool it was fucking tight dude you know but i also think that like if they tried to then like make a new batman movie and then it's like tie that joker thing in like like that would suck i would hate that yeah you know exactly which it doesn't seem like that's the path that they're taking which i'm hoping they finally get it but i did see an article saying like oh they're hiring this guy who's gonna run dc's version of the mcu it's like oh fucking okay well they didn't learn their lesson the first time it's like joker did extremely well uh, the first Wonder Woman did extremely well because it didn't link to any other movies. It was just a Wonder Woman story. Yeah, it's like its uh, own Man fun of Steel. thing. Yeah, Man of Steel, same thing. It was its own story. It didn't introduce like Batman and Wonder Woman and everyone else in that movie. It was just a Superman story. It's like, keep doing those types of things. So on that incredible note of talking about murder in DC, yeah. uh, we should probably get into this thing. Yeah. All right, yeah. All right. It, it, Whoa! Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Christian, coming at you live from a post-Joker society. Yeah, I wish. Uh, I mean, no. Wait, you wish? Wait, Wait, where are we? (laughs) No. Sorry. I mean that we had just watched Joker. I'm Dan. I'm John. And And this this is... Cape shit. This is Cape shit. What's going on, everybody? Hello there. It's uh, time for more of your favorite podcast. And by your favorite podcast, I, of course, mean this podcast. And this podcast is one called Cape shit. Like I always say at the beginning, uh, hey, tell your friends about this podcast. Uh, download wow. it. Maybe leave a five-star review. Uh, someone left a five-star review uh, on our podcast. And my mom saw it and then was like are these the kind of people that follow you around <laughs> when you're talking and i'm and and because it was like it was like this saved my life i was going to die and then i listened to yeah. cape shit you know whatever um so anyway it's 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 really confusing to my mom when you guys do things <laughs> like that but you know what it's like hey welcome to 2022 motherfucker that's it's the advice true. that i would give uh, uh that lovely woman uh who gave birth to me although you know Sometimes I think about the fact this is true. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys knew this about me or not. Um, when I was born, uh, uh, the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck, and I came out blue because I didn't have any oxygen, which probably mm. sort of explains the trajectory that my life has gone on for the past thirty <laughs> years. Um, I don't even know why I threw that out there. Is your favorite band Eiffel ninety five? I don't get. I yeah. don't. I don't get the joke. I you wish don't know I could. The Blue Man Group. Oh, the Blue Man Group. Okay. Wait, what the blue? <laughs> Wait, but Wait, how is it? Is not is Eiffel ninety five not Blue Man Group? No. This is a really bad intro, guys. We're kind of <laughs> okay. No, hold on. Okay, um, and they made cut. <laughs> and cut. Anyway. Uh- <laughs>
Jesus <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um. So yeah, what's up? It's a uh, uh, umbilical cord wrapped around his neck, man. Uh. Here, yeah. Whatever. Uh, tell your friends about this podcast, unless they suck. Uh. And then don't tell them about this podcast. It's a safely guarded secret. Um. This uh week uh we watched a uh little movie. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called uh, uh the Age of Ultron and and the Avengers therein. Uh, which well, I thought was a not... bit of a confusing title. It's, um. It's, it's, I Avengers Age of Ultron. I didn't really I didn't really understand why they decided to name it that. But um, you know, they went with it and uh you know what I have some thoughts on this movie. I'm sure that uh John probably also has some thoughts on this movie and I'm sure a couple of thoughts. Yeah, and I'm sure that Dan, you know, probably has some very poorly thought out Uh, thoughts on this movie as well. Uh which we can yeah, that's 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 inaccurate. So uh, you know what this was though? It was the eleventh film in the MCU. Uh, we're really uh, slamming through these movies quite quickly. Yeah, we're chugging and, along, uh, bro. This is a uh, another Joss Whedon banger. Boo. Wait, what? What, what? What else? What else did Joss Whedon do? The first Avengers. Okay. Buffy okay, yeah, the Vampire a- Slayer. and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Wait, didn't he also like? Weren't people like he sexually assaulted me on the set of Buffy the Vampire oh, Slayer? Yeah, for while, sure. while, wait, yeah, no, yeah. hold on. Wasn't there like an actress that like she got pregnant and Joss Sweden was like mad that she was pregnant and then like forced her to do humiliating scenes on Buffy the Vampire Slayer where she had to like fuck her own brother or something weird? I mean. Would it surprise me? N- no. I mean, I've only heard really... That sounds like Whedonism. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've only heard really bad things about Whedon, so... Um, why can't, why couple... can't there just be, like, a guy that, like, makes these movies... Who's where not then, terrible. Yeah, where then you, like, you look, and it's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, he's actually, like, kind of a nice dude. Like, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, so he did <laughs> Buffy, he did Angel, he did Firefly... Um, uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along, I don't know, Cabin in the Woods, uh, Justice League, uh, after he took over for Zack Snyder, right. so, yeah, he's, he's done quite a, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that actually makes a lot of sense, too. I guess I didn't realize he did the first Avengers, because, um, I think a lot of the problems that I have with this movie yeah. are the same problems yeah. I had with the first Avengers, so I... Yeah, yeah you can definitely tracks. tell where... You can tell where Joss had his hands on this movie. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, this, uh, was released on May 1st, 2015, and grossed, ready for it, $1.4 billion. Wow. Uh, and That's during its time, it was the fifth highest grossing movie of all time what's the first uh what was the first yeah. i don't know was it like uh avatar or avatar. something probably yeah avatar uh, which yeah <laughs> the second one's coming out which Fucking i don't state. even remember the first one i saw it when it came out in theaters 500 years ago um <laughs> and last thing i'll note is that uh this was a different take on ultron so in the comics ultron was actually developed by ant-man specifically hank pym which uh, guess what? We're going to get introduced to Ant-Man in the next movie we're going to watch, which is the actual end to Phase 2, uh, not this movie. Yeah. Um, and in the Avengers cartoon, Earth Mighty's Heroes, it was Hank Pym and uh, Tony Stark working together on it. So uh, Ultron has kind of taken a shift over time, more looking like Ant-Man in the original versions because he was developed by Ant-Man. And now in this having more of a Iron Man look to him since uh, obviously in this version, 
uh, Iron Man and Banner are the ones who uh, kind of help put Ultron mm -hmm. together. Yeah. And that's I... it. And... <laughs> have no opinion on that good job <laughs> well what Thanks i love so i haven't watched this movie since it came out in theaters and right. there were some things i forgot which we're going to talk about here um but i loved that i turned this movie on it gets through the marvel credits and then we see the fucking staff and Loki's that is the first staff yep. <laughs> that Our is the first object. shot of this movie uh, and i just i had to pause it because i was laughing so hard. i was like i cannot wait to fucking discuss this dude and um, we get some bullshit with the staff too so it's like so again you know and that happens later but i'm they so not only do we get this establishing shot of loki staff they have not fixed any of the loki staff problems and in fact i would argue with the introduction of wanda they just made like loki staff into a character who is very present throughout the entirety of of the movie yeah so i will admit a hundred percent uh that i did not remember that the mind stone was in the staff that likely that point alone would have maybe helped the conversations we've had over the past few podcasts that have been related to loki's staff sure uh but when they broke apart that piece and pulled the mind stone out of it that connected a ton of dots for me i'm sure it did not connect any dots for you um but for me i was like oh Got it. That's the Mind Stone. Okay. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, that links up a lot of things for me that we've discussed in the past. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, we get like a opening thing. We get right into the action, as it were. And wouldn't you yeah. know, Hydra's up to their old tricks yet again, apparently. Um, uh, they have Loki's staff and the Avengers are not, are not, they're not, they're not too happy about, uh, them having the, the, the staff, which what, why, why does Hydra have the staff? Was that like, did, did they just always have it? Is that like the deal? Cause we see, cause we've seen scenes of them with the staff. We just didn't know it was Hydra at the time. It's just, yeah. At the yeah. last time we saw the staff, it was taken away again. Right. It was in um, uh, was it, I think it was in Avengers, actually, like towards the end, they lost the staff again and Thor got all pissed off about it uh, when they departed. So Hydra has had the staff. Didn't we, and didn't we see the staff at, at, that, at the end of wow, shoot? It wasn't Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know. But the maybe Winter Soldier. Yeah. Where they where they have like Wanda and Quicksilver like in the room. Don't, don't they don't they establish yeah, so we, the staff that's is there? Yeah, that's where we saw it again. Yeah. But again, like when when the Avengers had it last, they then lost it at the Got end it, of the right. movie. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, and then yeah. we saw it again with the teaser about Wanda and Quicksilver. Right. Um, and we do see later on, like, uh, why the staff or how the staff creates uh, Wanda's powers and Wanda's powers in the MCU are definitely treated differently than in the comics. In the comics, she's a mutant, um, but they kind of, anyways, there's a long backstory to this, but essentially <laughs> they, they end up retconning Wanda's story in the MCU from Mind Stone to being partially a mutant where the Mind Stone unlocks her latent mutant capabilities. Spoilers, bro. It's, wow. it's, it's wild. They, it's all wild stuff. But anyways, so yeah, I liked uh, that we jump into this movie and just immediately into the action. We don't have to like reassemble the Avengers and like 
find out what they're all up to and get them all in the same place again and blah, blah, blah. It's like, boom, Avengers are here. They're all together. We're not wasting any time. They're jumping into this base. And then we get the sick pose of all of them, like slow-mo. Yeah. Dude, I, I I mean I'm a sucker for those moments. I just am. You? I'm sorry. Really? It's just, I, I know it's wild to There's think no about. Right? Yeah. You. I know. Like those moments. I yeah. know. It's it's really crazy to hear. But uh, yeah, we yeah, also I, get we also get two of the Hydra guys talking to each other, and then one of them's like one of them's like, "Do you think you can hold them? They are." the avengers and i was like oh it's the event (laughs) i did i hadn't realized up till that point thank you which just by the way that energy i took into that scene does not go away the it's like all all the praise that i gave captain america for being like this is very subtle like they're understating a lot of (laughs) like this is really nice i hope they continue going in this direction completely erased in this one uh also Thanks, Joss. Also, as we'll touch on uh, many points uh, uh, throughout this podcast, I'm sure uh, Bruce Banner continues to be my least favorite guy <laughs> in the entire fucking thing. But, we also yeah. get the uh, the classic uh, setup here for the future of Cap story, which is the language uh, call language, out. Bro. Uh, if you guys yeah, didn't language, know, Cap. he's against profanity, right? <laughs> any type of profanity. If you yeah. say right. ass, he's on your ass. He's on. Oh, he's wow. on your ass. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we did get some cool shots here of uh, just the team working together. I, again, I think the fighting sequences in this were really fun, and there were a lot of them in this movie. Really long fighting sequences. Yeah. They were all like thirty minutes long. It was like the <laughs> entire movie was just long. They're like four different long action sequences, and I think that's why I don't remember. A lot of it. I'd be I'd be interested to hear John's take on this too, because he's sort of CGI guy. I felt in many ways, uh contentious opinion perhaps. I feel like the CGI took a step backwards in Age of Ultron in a lot of hmm. like a lot because and I get it. Because there's a lot of scenes where there's, like, six people on screen at once and they're all doing things. But, like, especially during this, like, intro phase, I was just, like, it was so obviously a CGI thing. Which I know I sound like, you know, the fucking comic book nerd from the simpsons or whatever when i'm like it was obvious it's like you know i get it's like of course it was cgi you know whatever the fuck but like i'm just saying that like i felt like it didn't flow super well for some of the larger action scenes and we kind of saw that in the beginning here where it was like it just i like i can't even exactly put my finger on it it was just like the cgi felt worse to me than what it we had been seeing during phase two up till this point yeah and i think there's a point there for sure um but i also think it comes with the fact that you're right there's like half of the movie probably more than half of the movie is action and a lot of the action scenes use cgi because of the crazy shit that all these characters are doing um so you kind of have to take down the quality level a little bit if you're doing that much because if you think about it like the way that people approach cgi is not in like oh the scene is going to take like 15 minutes it's like oh we're going to be working on like fucking like a hundred thousand frames or some shit and each of those frames is going to take like 20 minutes to do you know so it's a lot of manpower Mm -hmm. and at a certain point you just can't devote that much time 
into making sure everything looks perfectly realistic. Right. But I think the way that they did, at least the fr- the beginning, because I was paying the most attention in the beginning for, for like the CG stuff, I thought the beginning was pretty cool. Even though you could tell it was CG, just the way that they like, um, they would do like the close-ups on each of the individual Avengers. And then yeah. the the next Avenger would like, somehow cross into the screen and then it would follow yeah. the next avenger and the yeah. way they did those transition was like really cool and creative in my opinion but yeah um, <clears throat> i agree i even yeah. kind of like vividly remember a point in the intro where you get this like sort of like uh uh like slow-mo shot of the hulk as he's like screaming and like moving through and even yeah. thinking like that was that was cool like whatever the fuck yeah. you know like i'm yeah. like eh, like and, and and that's saying a lot for me because I really do not like the Hulk. That's uh, I think that <laughs> what I've come to decide over the course of this podcast is that is probably my least favorite character in the entirety of the universe. Although we have a new contender with Wanda because I have I have I have I have some things to say uh, about that. Oh boy, here we go. You know, you um, say Wanda, but I think for me, uh, after all the praise that we gave the direction of Black Widow. She is taking Dude. like 50 steps back. Dude, they fuck her in this movie, man. <laughs> I was like, so what dirty. the hell is up with Black Widow? <laughs> yeah, dude, no, for sure. Again, man, I, it's like, like, uh, like, I just feel like, you know, and we'll get into like the plot because, you know, that's maybe why we're here. Uh, but uh, <laughs> like, I will say as like a little note, all of the praise that I gave Captain America Winter Soldier, where I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's like everything's like, you know, it's like a little more like understated. The character's intentions make a little bit more sense. It's like, you know, things that are sort of like, you know, stuff that I sort of had an issue with in previous movies about how some of the characters were written. It seems like they sort of went back on that and like did this more sort of like gritty, realistic interpretation. Uh, all of that gone. It is all gone yeah. in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Age of Ultron is right back to your classic Marvel tricks. Well, you weren't the only one, and a lot of people didn't like some of the decisions Joss Whedon made for this movie, which is, again, why this is his last outing with yeah. the MCU. So uh, the good news here is that's no more. But uh, I do have a very early on and special segment of uh, how Christian has ruined movies for me. In in this segment, uh, I was listening to the uh, Hydra agents talk to each other when one of them, uh, partway through the fight, says, deploy the rest of the tanks. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, why wouldn't you just send all the tanks out in the first place? That doesn't make any sense. It's like you have the tanks. Uh, and I heard that and said, oh, yep, okay, well, movies have been ruined for me now. Woo! Thank you so much. Let's all right, go. yeah. I know. I think I, I think I served my purpose here, yeah? Yeah. Uh, so anyways, that was fun. Hey, guess uh, who's do- back in this movie, you guys? Uh, your favorite character ever, Hawkeye? Hawkeye! Hawkeye. Not only is he back, but he is a focal point of this movie uh, partway through. And I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'm just... This is a little teaser for something coming up later. It cracked me up how they had to add in a scene to try to justify Hawkeye's existence to the audience <laughs> later in just this, like, really silly fucking way, which we'll, we'll, we'll get to. But yeah, yeah Hawkeye we'll sucks. That. 
And by doing that, it was funny to me because it's like everyone admitting Hawkeye. So it's like this meta thing happened where it's like everyone knows Hawkeye sucks. So they had to specifically write a thing into the plot where there's this exposition scene explaining why Hawkeye is necessary in the Avengers. And the yeah. only reason you include that is if you know Hawkeye. So like you have something to prove. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, uh, and Hawkeye gets hit here, by the way, uh, uh -oh. which I know that you were very concerned about. But that's right after we get introduced to the Iron Legion, Whoa. which is AI versions of Iron Man suits that Tony has developed to try to. Uh, what we find out through this movie is Tony's goal is he doesn't want the Avengers anymore. He wants to create a suit of armor around the world that will uh, make it so that they don't have to be Avengers anymore. Um, and this is the first look we get at that, which is the Iron Legion, a very helpful group of robots that will yeah. help during these events. And I actually got to say, credit where credit's due, the scene where there's like the Iron Man suit that's like, do not panic, civilians, return to your homes. Like, beep, boop. Yeah. Like, that was fun. I liked that. I thought that was fun. You know? Beep, boop. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I enjoyed like, that. Also, yeah. when, you, when you name anything Legion, doesn't that just like connotate negatively? Yes. Isn't it very obvious? Obvious to Tony Stark that maybe he shouldn't be calling it Legion, Iron Legion. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it should, be they... like, it should be it should be it should be like the Iron Pals. Yeah, the, the Iron, Iron Pals. Yeah, that's it. Iron then, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Iron <laughs> folks. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh man. Um. Okay. Anyways, I do I do really like to uh, as these fight scenes happen through the movie and the ways they uh, link the heroes up in attacks. So like in this, we saw uh, Thor utilizing his hammer against uh, Cap Shield to take out an incoming tank and people uh, walking through. And these are things we're gonna see used again in different ways in the future so i like kind of the way that they merge these heroes together during these fight scenes to yeah. uh to create cool moves like that um and then we see this was a okay so the first time we really see wanda in this fight is right when cap finds uh baron strucker baron and Strucker. yes and wanda like appears uh, behind Cap and like knocks him over, and then she moves like a horror movie villain, Bro, dude, like so th cool. through the door. No, 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 no. Wait, hold on. Was that? Was that? Was that? Was that a? Was no. that an unironic? So cool? I liked it because, well, okay, I liked it, and I wish that they kept it every time she used her power. See that? Sure, fine. I could agree with that. That part like totally stood out to me. Because I was like, oh, no, I didn't like that. And then we just, like, don't really see her yeah, do that yeah. again. And yeah, there, 100%. And, and Wanda, because I actually, I hadn't even really thought about that, but I agree with you, John, because that stood out to me. I was like, wait, uh, uh, gross, what the fuck? And then, and, and, and I think part of the reason why it stood out to me is because then you, like, never get to see them, like, redeem that yeah. with a cool time when she does it. Yeah, when I saw it, it was just like, Dude, she only ever does that when she's the villain of the story, and even then, only sparsely. But I'm like, yeah. it would be so cool to have an Avenger who just moved like a fucking horror ghost. Yeah, yeah. Know? That would be pretty cool. And But I also think, you know, a uh, mental note that I made in this scene and a uh, little uh, behind-the-scenes spoiler, real note I made, too, uh, looking at my notes right now, Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I uh, wrote down... 
we already got a problem with Wanda's power. And uh, that problem is the minute that you include a character that can uh, cripple people by altering their minds, uh, we already got issues because you're opening a huge Loki's staff style Pandora's box here where it's like, mm -hmm. okay, how does it work? When can she do it? When can she not do it? What's the canonical staff? And by the way, that's a question they never answer throughout the course of this movie. Every time she does her like brain meld thing, it's slightly different and under slightly different circumstances, like throughout the entirety. And it does slightly different things. So this is the first instance of it. I already knew that uh, I was probably going to have some issues with this. And lo and behold, I sort of did because uh, we never really figure out what the power does versus what it doesn't do. And it's manifested differently throughout the entire movie. And it just kind of is what it is. So oh anyway. Boy. And you'll find out as we keep watching that it's manifested differently throughout the entire MCU. <laughs> Don't like it. Not a fan. <laughs> Yeah, I also wonder, just at a higher level, whether um, the way that the MCU functions is just not a way that you enjoy watching movies, which is like, we don't get a lot of answers when new things are introduced almost ever because they have to continue this larger phased stories throughout multiple movies, right? So like, for example, the staff we've been seeing since uh not iron man but what like thor right so like i don't know which one he showed up with first with the staff i forget off the top of my head oh it was avengers, it was avengers. and so yeah. uh we we've now seen the staff so many times but now we finally got an answer what the staff actually is which is one of the six most powerful objects in the entire universe sure. one of the infinity stones right but we it took in real life like four years to find out that information right. obviously we're watching them all back to back but i wonder if just that style of storytelling is just not fitting with the way that you enjoy watching stories i think so and i think also like a big thing for me is like if something doesn't make sense to me i get just hung up on it like yeah and that's with everything it's like if i'm reading a book or playing a video game or watching a movie or whatever like if like if if i, I guess i guess for a uh deeper uh, uh can we get can we get can we get some air horns here Ooh, hey, welcome to Christian's Deep Introspection <laughs> Corner, where I'm being deeply <laughs> introspective. Sorry, what was that word again? Deep Introspection, uh, where I'm being deeply mm. introspective. Uh, sure. I think, I think a thing for me uh, uh, in regards to a lot of this stuff is that, like, if something, like... If I can't understand a character's motivation or I can't understand what a character can do versus what they can't do, then I have a really hard time just stepping back and enjoying the moment or just taking it for what it is or whatever. It's like, because I think like a way that I like to follow along stories is to sort of like imagine myself in the role of some of the characters or like you know like it's like it's like how it like relates to me personally or whatever like that's just sort of how i interface with some of that stuff 
And when you introduce a character like Wanda who can just sort of do everything, like it's kind of hard for me to like follow along with that because I can't like put myself in any of those positions because you just don't know what she's going to do. It's like it's just this random hodgepodge of things that she does and it just makes it difficult for me to follow. But also, sure. you know, I'm a little artistic, so that might have something to do with it too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, so we should probably get back to the actual movie <laughs> sure. here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and so uh, Tony ends up finding the secret door, uh, which leads to the big revelation that uh, Hydra wasn't just working with the staff. They also took a bunch of the alien tech that came through the wormhole in the first Avengers movie, and they're utilizing all of that as well. Uh, which leads to the first uh, uh, Wanda using her fear, mind-melding magic on Tony's brain. Yeah. Right. Uh, where he sees the death of the Avengers, which he takes very seriously throughout yes. this movie. Um, it doesn't help that he also has gone through a shit ton of just panic attacks and anxiety and everything since the wormhole happened in the first Avengers movie. So this definitely did not help that situation. I guess I have a question before going and just being like, yo, what the fuck? Why didn't they just do this? He was by himself uh, and was like, yo, Iron Man suit patrol mode. So he like climbs out of the suit. Right. And mm -hmm. he's by himself in a human form without a suit. The The suit was supposed to be patrolling him. Sentry mode. Sentry mode. That's what yeah. it was. Supposed to keep watch over Tony to make sure he doesn't get hurt. But somehow, Wanda and Quicksilver just pop in and the suit doesn't know. But then also, they could have easily just killed him in that moment. That's my shit, dude. Where it's like, <clears throat> like later, they try to give you this like really feeble bullshit, like paper thin plot armor thing. Cause Ultron, spoiler alert, is like, if you kill the Avengers, you make them martyrs. So that's why we're not doing that. Or whatever, you know, like, but it's like it's like in this moment like Wanda knows that like uh, the stone is in the staff or maybe she doesn't know the stone is no, in there she but she but she, but she but she's like she wants him to take the staff because she like sort of she's like his fear will drive him to his own downfall if he gets the staff but it's like her whole character motivation is that she hates Tony Stark yeah. and at this point she's been given no justification as to not just murder him so it seems like that would just be the thing to do and the that was my question was like was there a reason that they didn't just kill tony in that moment because no well first of all they weren't deployed to go get them they disappeared right so technically these twins were made to be deployed to do certain work they weren't actually given any mission right and the way that i view it is yeah there was a paper thin argument there I don't necessarily know, and I don't think we got any backstory as to whether these twins have been deployed anywhere else to start killing people, um, especially someone who is not fighting against them in that moment. It may have been Tony, but still, I think, is this the first time they went out in the real world to try and utilize their powers to take people down? I, I don't know. We didn't get any of the backstory there. So that's the only thing I'd throw out is like, uh, one, they weren't told to or deployed to do it, which they clearly were staying there until they, you know, decided to go off on their own. But 
Um, had they actually done anything like this before? I don't know. Because later on in the movie, we do see Wanda and Hawkeye talking, which obviously Hawkeye, the backbone of the Avengers, uh, you know, and yeah. she is clearly scared to step out of her shell and help defend uh, the people of Sokovia. So who knows? Totally. But I, I have no idea. I will say as a slight counter before we get off the uh, the topic at this point, and it's kind of to John's point their entire character motivation is not liking Tony Stark and they don't give a fuck about the Avengers yet. They do eventually, like eventually when they're like doing stuff with Ultron, then their scope broadens out to be the Avengers in their entirety. But in this moment, like their entire thing, they're like motivated by this hatred of Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. And then they sort of have him dead to rights. And then it's just this weird scene where it's like, yeah, the his armor doesn't do anything, and she just is like 4D chesses this thing for no real reason, where she's like, he's going to destroy himself eventually, so we'll just leave yeah, him to his own devices. I, I also think that we just assume people are okay with killing other people because they hate them. Like, we're also kind of just making an assumption that Wanda would be totally cool with just murdering somebody. And I think we take murder a little less likely in these movies than we would say like just a regular real life scenario. But I think that jumping straight to murder is still a pretty intense thing, even in a Marvel movie. Yeah, you know what? Sure. I can give you, I can give you, yeah. I can give you that point. You're right. I don't know that Wanda would necessarily just want to kill Tony. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that, but I guess <laughs> at no point is she like, I am going to kill to Tony murder. Stark yeah. and then yeah. she doesn't. Yeah. So yeah, so, that's fair. Yeah. My counterpoint to that counterpoint, which is a complete refusal. Hey, welcome to the podcast, guys. But... <laughs> 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 is like she was raised by fucking hydra nazis and it's like that's true well not her whole life no she was captured at some point we don't know how long but based on the fact that they have protest videos of her and her brother looking like they do now means i would guess less than three years that they were with hydra so it's not uh -huh. like they were born and raised by hydra that's not the case okay that's two points, Dan. No, zero points to you, a, That's not a all point right. At moving all. on. I'll give you um, the first point. <laughs> we get a nice, we get it, we we get it, we get a nice shot back at the Avengers base of uh your boy uh Bruce Banner uh wearing some Beats by Dre headphones with Let's the go. logo oh. prominently Dude, featured. There's a couple ad ad placements <laughs> in this that are movie pretty that are egregious. Really, yeah. 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 Agree with you. I don't there, think dude. ad placements get any better through the MCU, so <laughs> no. just buckle up for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um and uh of course he's listening to opera music because he's a enlightened <laughs> intellectual. So you and you know he is because that's what he listens to to oh, calm down. Man. Uh, and, uh, uh, they're sort of going over the events that occurred, um, with them, uh, trying to get the, uh, scepter back, uh, and, uh, Bruce Banner, uh, tells everyone that he wasn't expecting a code green, uh, there because he's the Hulk, if you weren't, uh, <laughs> you know, sure about that. Well, I, I just, you know, I, again, another moment of, uh, Christian ruins Woo! Marvel movies for me. Uh, <laughs> and this is more specifically around Banner because, you know, look, I, I like the whole character. I think that, um, we really see a good Hulk character starting with Thor Ragnarok. 
I think that's where Hulk becomes the real like Hulk for the MCU and has his own like actual qualities of being a character, not just being someone who gets angry. Um, but uh, in this moment, uh, Banner and Widow are talking to each other, and she mm -hmm. says, "How long before you trust me?" And he says, <laughs> "He says it's not you I don't trust." Yep. And it's yeah. oh, God, he sure it. does say that, Dan. That's true. Uh, yep. And that, oh man, I just you know, uh, I will say that. Uh, you know, and I'm going to save a lot of this for my things I didn't like about this movie. And it definitely is rooted in Banner and Widow. Um, because oh, God, man, dude. what yeah, a not, forced. Not great, what dude. A, yeah. And, and again, like, let's get Joss Whedon the fuck out of here. Uh, we are in Avengers Tower, though, and Maria Hill shows up. Woo! Hey, yeah, we got the hot girl back. Shout out. <laughs> the real hot girl of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Maria Hill. Always a fan. Yeah. Exactly. And so we learn a little bit more about Wanda and Pietro uh, from Sokovia. Uh, and we learn just a little bit about the fact that this is the part where we see their protest video and that they were out in the world and then captured and then Hydra brainwashed and blah, 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 and turned into the mutants? What? Superheroes? I don't know. Um, and then we actually start to get <laughs> are we getting actual explanations of the rod? Uh, and this is where we start to see that the rod uh, is a thinking AI computer inside of it. Yes. Uh, which mm -hmm. is uh, even more powerful, so we think, than Jarvis. Yeah, we also mm -hmm. uh, hear, I just, little footnote, and then we can move right past it, but we get the introduction of the lady scientist girl. I already forget her name. She's the one that gets mind controlled Helen. later. Helen. Helen show dude and like I like not a great performance from this no. actress I'm just going to point and I almost wasn't gonna say anything because I feel like when you start getting into that it's like it's like it's such a mean spirited like it kind of has nothing to do with the movie really but I noticed it in this first scene and then I was like, okay, maybe, but continually throughout this movie, I just thought her performance was really lacking and it was just dry. It was and very we get dry. we get some really important dramatic scenes with her later, and they were just so flat to me. Um, yeah. and yeah. this first introduction of her, uh, where uh, there's a party happening later, and and Stark invites her to it, and she's like, "Well." Well, Tony Stark, it seems you still have time for parties, but I don't personally have time for parties. Wait, yeah. will Thor be there? And I was like, ugh, ick. It's Joss Whedon all over yeah. again, man. And, I mean, um, yeah, it doesn't get better. I, I mean, I get now the way that Joss just completely destroys every woman character in his movies Dude. is out of control. Dude, yeah. like seriously, it's like they're all like cockthirsty maniacs. Like it's like it's like it's <laughs> such a, like it's true. Like it's such a <laughs> fucked way to write women. Like it's like yeah. Like uh, and and you'd see it a lot in this movie, and it yeah. all, it stood mm -hmm. out to me every single time. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 not great. So mm -hmm. uh, we do get here kind of the montage of uh, first Tony and Banner talking about kind of what their goals are here by utilizing the staff and 
that Ultron would be the goal of uh, protecting the Earth from outside forces. That, you know, right now the Avengers, yeah, they can handle things on Earth, but what happens when things come through that wormhole again? Uh, there's clearly a lot of threats out there. So can you explain something to me? This isn't actually a nitpick at all. This is just something I feel like I missed and I wanted yeah. a little explanation for it. So the, the, the Mind Stone is one of the infinity stones but it yes. also has an ai inside of it but then they impart like so he's been working on ultron as a part of his thing so that's like a program he already has and then he like melds the mm. program with the thing inside of the stone but like because it's like tony's invention like i just didn't really get what was happening yeah. there so Ultron is an already in progress idea right. when they bring it to the table, but clearly what they're missing is the ability to make a fully recognized like protector that can understand information and uh, make decisions on protecting the world, right? Um, and the Mind Stone, it's not really an AI, but because it's a stone, an infinity stone focused on the mind in general, it can be read kind of like an AI. Sure. So it's not like when the universe was created, because this is the idea is like the universe was created, six infinity stones were created that uh, handle like power, mind, whatever, all the different things there, time. Um, and the mind stone is probably the closest thing they could find to be what would be considered like an AI in in the real world in right. the in the you know so yeah. um taking that merging it with the already in progress Ultron project their goal was to find a way to utilize the power of the mind stone and its ability to uh control the mind to make decisions to understand the universe and put that into Ultron right sure but so there okay so none of the personality that we see of ultron is a result of the mind stone at all it's all like in it's it's like it's like independent programming by tony just sort of given life right. by okay yeah. cool that's what i was wondering all right yeah and so uh uh on accident here ultron is born uh while they're having their party time and yep. guess what all yep. the avengers are there we get to see war machine and falcon and uh uh we get to see all the the fun yeah the fun and, people there and to so we've been shitting on joss whedon a lot and this yeah. is very much a taste thing, but I think that Joss Whedon really shines in moments where it's like slice of life and all the characters get to interact. Like he's mm -hmm. really good at pitting different personalities with each other and seeing how they like getting uh, more glimpses into their personalities by interacting. And I think that's the one good thing he brought to the Avengers and the Avengers movies was like these type of like non-action, non-plot moments. Dude, I will say like this party scene, there were like some lines delivered that were a little like, we like uh, how they sort of explain the absence of like Jane and Pepper. Like I thought that was weird. That was like a weird thing to, because you could have just like, not had them there and i probably wouldn't have really thought about it but then they were like oh jane and pepper aren't here and i was like oh yeah i guess jane and pepper aren't here like you know whatever but um i will say like this party scene 
Uh, weird. Like weirdly enough, one of the high points of the entire movie to me, like legit. And we get like just little parts in here that I thought were like genuinely really, really good. Like to John's point, like I think I completely agree. I think that like this was a solid part of the movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, we get just a little moment here where. Um, Sam or Falcon is talking with Cap and mentioning that they're still looking for Bucky, which again is kind of setting up for the future storylines there. Um, and then we get the first instance of this, well, kind of first-ish instance of Banner and Widow flirting Ugh. at the bar. Ick. Like again, just like, eh, I don't know, feels really weird. But then we get this scene which stood out not only back then when it first came out but even now like is a standout part of phase two which is just the avengers hanging out talking about thor's hammer yes uh and then having them all try picking it up dude i I love that scene like honestly i know that that's like probably like uh uh, hey i'm breaking roll a little bit here but legit (laughs) i thought that was so good like uh, the whole thing it's like it's like it's lighthearted. It's actually yep. funny. Like it wasn't this like failed attempted humor. It's like, but it's like not like on the nose funny. It's like funny because yeah. the situation itself is yeah. funny. And it's like yeah, it, it, that was great actually. I I I legitimately really liked that part. I agree. Yeah, and and uh, there were a couple little moments here that I wanted to comment on. One is uh, Cap either moves it or pretends to lift it, and he doesn't want to bruise thor's ego but clearly something happened there when cap touched and you saw it on thor's face i thought that was a really fun moment yeah i thought that was great we're gonna have to wait and see yeah because thor actually like for you know everybody else is trying to pick it up and he's like uh no way but like if one person might be able to it's captain america and so you sort of see this moment where thor's like oh maybe like he's unsure if captain america is actually going to be able to do it or not yeah that was good that was like that whole fucking thing was great yeah and what i like about this moment too is there are moments when you watch certain movies where you're like okay well they're setting this up and then at the end they're going to utilize this for some plot point but like i didn't even think about it in the moment that they would utilize this little moment to like in the future gain the trust of vision right with having him pick up the the hammer so easily and hand it over to thor uh so i i uh, this was really really well done uh for sure except for uh oh the one nitpick i will have you said you really liked it i'm gonna pull a nitpick oh geez here Uh, we go widow gets asked if she wants to do it and she goes that's not a question i need answered and it's like uh, what just she doesn't always need to be like that she why couldn't she go and just do it with everybody else i don't know it just it felt like again another weird like joss whedon writing moment maybe i'm looking too far into it but i don't know i just i uh, why can't she go do it like everyone else does well hey if you want a weird joss whedon writing moment how about uh when uh uh-oh ultron has shown up and everyone's bailing out and uh bruce banner and uh black widow jump behind the bar and bruce banner motorboats her tits just ride just right just a just a just a just a classic banner motor boat i was like what the fuck dude nobody <laughs> lands on their stomach with their face pressed down yeah Mm-mm. like ev- like when you land on your your head goes up because you don't want to hit your head this was clearly him falling down in his head he like p- 
pushed his head into the ground to like break yeah. his fall apparently yeah. like uh, yeah no yeah, yeah it was just, but, yeah it was like it was like what the fuck yeah. dude like why not not great not great um, dude not great not, not spectacular <laughs> but uh, we do we, get ultron we get ultron entering the building we do. And yes. he's just like a mangled robot horror puppet. He's like dripping oil everywhere. He looks grotesque and like yep. broken. Yeah. And, uh, well, this is this is like the interesting part here. So I would love to get opinions because I loved James Spader's performance as oh, Ultron. Yeah. I thought he was a great fit for the role. I love his voice and how he just carried himself with Ultron. I did see like some of the behind the scenes stuff of him it, like he was actually in the mocap suit in front of the Avengers doing the motions of Ultron in that moment. Yeah. Like it was a really great performance in my opinion. I'm curious what you guys yeah, think. Robert California himself, bro. Yeah, yeah dude. Robert California. No, nah, man, I can't I like yeah, yes. I I agree. I sort of liked how uh it like it was it, it it was almost kind of like uh, who was like the fake terrorist in Iron Man three? What was that dude's name? Ben Kingsley. Ben Ben Kingsley, the 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 what? The Mandarin. The Mandarin. The Mandarin. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Thank the Mandalorian. you. Mandalorian. Um, yeah, the Ma the Mandalorian. <laughs> like I like I almost it, it was almost reminiscent of that character to me a little bit mm -hmm. in the sense that like the voice was like just like odd enough to make it feel like it was sort of like otherworldly or like not yeah, quite human yeah. or whatever but it was like on point enough like yeah i thought right. that that was great and i also thought that um it's like it's a really hard sell to like because it because in order to make ultron work they had to like make it robot and human at the same time right like if it was too robotic it wouldn't have yeah. worked and if it was too human it would have been awkward and i feel like they actually towed the line and did it really well mm -hmm. and you especially like see it in this moment where it's like because when ultron's kind of like fucking with all of them and he's like they're like taunting them a little bit you know being like oh we need to kill the avengers or whatever it's sort of like a mangled guy but it's not so deep into being a mangled guy that you can tell it's just like a dude in a mocap suit like it's still robotic yeah. like 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 they did that nicely like it, yeah. it, they that that was sold well and it was like kind of creepy but also yeah. sort of you know not yeah. just creepy because it was also sort of imposing like that whole thing it was it was good that yeah, was that was, was serviceable he was imposing and creepy but also felt like to your point felt very human um for me like the standout like if i had to pick one part of the performance that was really crazy to me like i still don't understand how you would come to this uh portrayal of the voice is how similar it is to robert downey jr's like tony stark um mm. but also make it seem like weird and creepy and scary at the same time yeah for sure like it's sort of like it's sort of like anti-iron man but yeah, it's like yeah. it's in the iron man realm enough that it's like one of his creations but it's like just different enough that it's like sort of standing out as the antithesis to yeah, it I, I i agree there's yeah. some lines that he delivers where i'm like that actually sounds like yeah robert downey jr delivered the line but you've never heard robert downey jr like 
actually yell like that or anything like that. Right, totally. Yeah, I thought uh, this has to be, I think even from a story perspective, Ultron really stands out. Like even in the next scene here, which we're about to get into about the boat, um, and he says a line that Tony had said to Claw at a previous point and said like, that's not, that's what Iron Man said to me, or that's what Tony said to me the last time I talked to him. And he's like, I'm not Tony, like this fucking crazy yeah. anger issues yeah. related to it. I loved all of that. Um, but before we get to the boat, um, this is actually a really important moment here where Jarvis is dead now. We think Jarvis is dead. Um, we find out that this isn't strategy. This is rage. But um, that as they're arguing, Tony kind of begins to laugh and find it funny and all this other stuff. And he's talking about how this is really kind of proving what he wants to do and that this is the end game right Ooh, yeah. the end game oh this he said is, it this, dude. yeah he said the words <laughs> but um also here we we get a lot of setup again that's revisited in end game which is this idea of if we're going to lose them we'll do that together too right this idea of like whether we win or lose the avengers have to stay together to um, make that happen and this story point will continue us through the next Avengers movie, which is going to be infinity war and Endgame. Yeah. So really liked all this moment again, kind of re-seeing this moment. Cause when people were trying to figure out what the end game movie title was going to be, cause they didn't announce it until like two months before it came out. Um, end game was one of those things based on, uh, 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 Dr. Strange says it later on. And also, uh, Tony says it here. Yeah, um, so it's kind of interesting to go back and see this. We get a scene after this that I wanted to draw a little attention to, where uh, yeah. Quicksilver is uh, talking to Ultron, and uh, they're having a conversation. And Ultron uh, tells Quicksilver, uh, "You need to see the big picture." Uh, to which Quicksilver responds, "I don't see the big picture. I have a little picture. I take it out and look at it every day." And uh, it was just one of those Marvel moments where I was like, did that need to, like, you know, I'm like, do you have to fucking do this thing? Again, it's like back to my point of like, I really liked how Winter Soldier stepped away yeah. from moments like these. And then in Age of Ultron, we're just right back to this kind yeah. of shit. Well, it's interesting, too, because the next moment with Pietro, I really actually like where he tells the story of uh, the bombs coming down into his city and that one of them didn't go off and all they saw was the Stark logo, which I think you watched WandaVision, right? Yes, I did watch WandaVision. Which in that show, we see that moment. Yeah. We see the moment of Pietro and Wanda together under the couch and the bomb in front of them that explodes and they're stuck under the rubble. Like... It's really cool that we come back to that moment and get to see that in the future. By the way, yeah. uh, uh, on the ship, um, uh, uh, we have, of course, a scary foreigner, um, as is uh, <laughs> necessary in, in, in all of these movies. And uh, another uh, classic Joss Whedon uh, uh, moment that I really enjoyed is like on this guy's uh, desk, uh, there's just a uh, framed photo of some random woman with huge tits. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't even notice. (laughs) And the camera just like keeps like on it. Dude, it lingers on it for some, and she's just no one. It's just this random <laughs> big titty lady like, framed on this desk, and the camera's just focused on it for like thirty seconds. Dude, I just Joss Whedon is really into Freud. I bet 
yeah. fuck out of that one. Oh, for sure. Also, with all the mind control shit too. Again, I'm just saying, dude. There's like, there's like, yeah, that guy, that guy's got some demons. Yeah, that's. I didn't. I didn't even <laughs> notice it. Yeah. Um, uh, we do get our first mention of Wakanda. Uh, which we're going to hear about a couple times in this movie because that's where you get vibranium, hey, there uh, it is. which is, yeah, which is what, uh, what, uh, Ultron is, is looking for. Um, and so, well, we get the look at claw first and then Ultron heads to the boat. Uh, and this is where he uses the Tony Stark line, which I, I forgot exactly what it was, but he calls him Stark and Ultron just rages the fuck out and rips his arm off. Yeah. And that's just mm -hmm. it. We see Claw again multiple times in the future, and he just has no arm. He's just fucking... That sucks for you, Claw. You start off your MCU journey losing an arm. Yeah. Uh, but this is played by... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, Andy the, Circus. Andy Circus, man. He he made his way in here, and I guess if anyone was going to lose an arm and get it mo-capped on, it would yeah, be it Andy would be Circus. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty cool until... You know what? The Avengers are going to show up and ruin everything. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. <laughs> and so we see some, uh, again, another big fight scene. Mm -hmm. But again, I also really like kind of how they choreographed these fight scenes. I thought that there weren't any really kind of dull moments here and that the team-ups and that the quick switches between them and john to your point earlier it's like you see one person fighting and then another one runs like through the frame and like yeah the camera just... movements and the transitions are really clever and they keep you engaged um yeah but this scene is where i started to lose the, myself in the pacing of the movie because oh that's interesting because me too actually <laughs> yeah, like yeah. right right about here right yeah. at this scene because this scene goes on for a while um all the Avengers kind of get picked off one by one by uh, yeah. Wanda's mind thing where she messes with their minds. They all hallucinate in different ways. They all see like the horrors of their past. Um, yeah. And I mean, this is another part where I was like, you know, Quicksilver and Wanda could have easily just killed the entire Avengers team on their own here, but then they didn't. And yeah. then, so we have this go on for a while and it seems like the Avengers have lost but then Wanda and Quicksilver have to retreat. And then they're like, okay, now we got Bruce Banner over here. Let's do it on him too. And then that's, that sparks a whole other fucking sequence where now they're in a second really long action sequence. And that really broke the movie up in a weird way. Yeah, and also uh, we get an establishing shot of Bruce Banner uh, uh, trying to contact the team where he says, guys, is this a... <laughs> code green <laughs> and uh True. you know i i noticed that too also a uh, thing that you uh glossed over again tiny footnote but uh, uh i noticed it is uh at this point too like someone's like going for a gun or something and wanda like stops their arm with her brain and so we've now added <laughs> another thing that wanda can just like do but like and would be useful later but she yeah, just like psychic. doesn't she just doesn't do it sometimes, but then other times she does. She's a psychic Pokemon. Yeah, because so far, so just adding on to the Wanda power list, we know that she can kind of, like, control people's minds. Now we've also established that she can, like, move them around with her mind, too. That's another thing in the Wanda toolkit that we've seen. Yeah. Just to kind of line it up, though, and this is made pretty clear as we move into the future, that Wanda is the most 
powerful person in the MCU. Word. And so while some of these things seem like a lot, it's not like they're just going to leave her on the sidelines and like, oh, she's just a character that has a lot of powers that we don't really justify in any way. Like the justification in the future is, and you saw WandaVision, she becomes the Scarlet Witch and the Scarlet Witch is the most powerful magic being in the entire world that exists in the MCU. And also even in the end game fights and like other things, yeah. she's just a powerhouse and they don't, they don't undersell that in the future. Like they don't, yeah. they don't like just leave her on the sidelines because she can't help out because she's just Wanda. Like she is at the front lines at all time being the most powerful one out there. So I will say that that at least is acknowledged in some way that she is multitudes above other people within the MCU. Yeah, I get that. I think my thing too, and I don't, I don't, I don't even necessarily like take issue with that per se. I think it's just more like as soon as you establish someone can do something, then anytime they don't do it, it's like, it sticks out to me. It's like the minute it's like, Oh, okay. So she can like move people around with her brain. But then like, there's yeah. just points in the movie where it's like, okay, well, you could just move this guy with your fucking brain, like, but you're, like, not doing it now, you know, even though, like, you could, and, like, we sort of also have this, like, weird thing where she's, like, running up to people and, like, making a point. It's, like, putting her hands, like, next to their head, and that's sort of how her power is established, that she can control their mind. But then later, she's, like, controlling people's minds at a distance, and then it, like, flips back into her going up to them again but it's like to like the same effect and it's like it's just like it's just it's like her power just sort of bounces all over the place like i can't really figure out what she can do versus what she can't do and this was just kind of another example of that to me where it's like oh okay she can also do this but only sometimes like you know and then yeah. she stops doing it for long patches of time yeah this is just me and uh and like how strong is cap really that's yeah. it's the same. It's oh the no! Same yeah, Did I he mean, open I mean, another it, door. It, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, with the door. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> we also like, you know, I think too, like maybe we, and I haven't really touched on this yet, but maybe one of my biggest issues with this movie, honestly, was the uh, like the lack of impact that we actually see from Ultron. Like it's all in this like weird hypothetical way that people are talking that we, because it's like all this shit where it's like, he's in the internet, he's doing all of these things, but like, you don't really get to see much of that. It's like, it's more like a character will come and deliver a line that it's like, Oh, he's, he's, he's escaped into the internet. This is a problem. He's going after launch codes. He's, Oh my God, he's everywhere. Shit's shutting down all over the globe. It's this bit, but like you never see it. You, just sort of hear people talk about yeah. it which also kind of begs the question to me like what can ultron do versus what can't he do which i know is the classic christian criticism here but it's like you know because we sort of get this thing where like now tony stark like after um after uh, uh hulk gets like you know fucked with by uh wanda he's running amok and now tony stark needs to go stop him and he's like using this different ai in his suit but it's like couldn't ultron just like he's in the internet like he's already doing all this stuff couldn't he just like disable tony's use of the internet like he's disabling internet in other places but like not here like and it's like wouldn't he just know where tony was 
all the time. And then sometimes it seems like he sort of does know where Tony is because he's in the internet and can see it. But then other times he just doesn't really know. And like Tony catches him by surprise. Like it was just sort of like, I couldn't tell what Ultron was really doing. You know, like when he was on the screen delivering lines, it was cool. But the minute that he wasn't, I was like confused as to what even was sort of going on with him or like what he could do versus what he couldn't do. I don't think that Ultron cared. Sure. I think that's just the answer is that Ultron deems himself a way higher being than Tony or the rest of the Avengers. Right. And I don't think that anything the Avengers were going to do were going to affect Ultron in any way, shape or form. Meaning every minute that he would waste going after trying to solve what or fix what the Avengers were doing was a minute wasted in his own plan. Right. Like I just, there was nothing in this movie that suggested to me throughout the course of it that Ultron gave two shits about the Avengers trying to stop him because he didn't feel like they could. Right. So that's kind of the way that I see it. But to your point, you're right. Like we don't see the nuclear codes trying to be stolen and something stopping it. It's just all told to us because it's kind of intangible being able to try to see that. The last thing we'd want is like a moment where we're zoomed into a microchip and Ultron is fighting Jarvis. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a weird Right. Thing. I yeah. even I even think like, you know, even if there had like sort of been some scenes of like a Wall Street broker or whatever, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, like the internet's not, you know, whatever the fuck, like like some like chaos or like pandemonium sort of happening out in the world. I think it would have sure. sold, yeah. like if I was put in charge of this movie, I would have like done a little bit of that because I think that, we, again, we hear how threatening Ultron is and we see how threatening he is when we see him, but it's almost sort of like, when he's not directly in front of the camera, it's almost like this vague existential threat, like stuff is happening, but we don't really know exactly what it is. Like it, like uh, it almost just felt like intangible, I guess to use short, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One thing that this conversation does make me realize is whether intentional or not, it seems like um, Ultron inherited uh tony's hubris sure yeah which 100%. is a cool point to note yeah and i think that he doesn't like that he has either which is again why he rips claws arm yeah, off and and to to an extension to that is maybe he also inherited tony's daddy issues and that's why he got so angry he got he got mad he got mad at his dad yeah <laughs> We do get, uh, so Hulk's like running amok. We get uh, uh, a classic Tony Stark uh, in the Hulkbuster uh, uh, scene here, uh, meaning that he sort of had a contingency plan if this type of thing were to ever happen. Well, they talked about it earlier in the movie. Uh, They call it Project Veronica. And earlier when Banner and Tony are walking through, there's another line about how, I don't know if you know this, by the way, that Banner is Hulk. Yeah, um, I'm not I, sure if you I, were caught on I, that point. I gathered that throughout the course yeah. of the movie. They yeah. didn't say that at and, all. Yeah, and Tony mentions how like they always have contingency plans. That's why Banner helped develop Project Veronica. And so when he calls Project Veronica for this part of the movie, that's the Hulkbuster suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So, uh, yeah, but, you know, look, this is a really long action sequence. I don't think there's a lot to discuss in this action sequence oh God, here, so but long. I will say... If they were going to introduce the Hulkbuster, which they did, um, it I'm glad they didn't 
shorten it. Like, I'm glad they didn't um, cheese it. Like, it'd be a 30-second or a minute or a minute-and-a-half right. yeah. fight, and then Hulkbuster's gone, and that's the only time we see it, right? Like, if they were going to show it, they had to make a really good long action sequence with it, or else it would have felt just, like, wasted yeah, in this moment. Yeah, and, you know, I, I will say, maybe I have, like, three notes about this scene, like, three standout things if I think about it. Like, uh, and actually, I'll say, like, right off the rip, I actually liked it overall. I mean, like, it was fine. You know, like, um, and, and even bordered on cool at various points, though it does last a very long time. It's not all cool, but like, you know, when he has like, when he has like the, uh, the automatic punching arm, you know, and it's like, yeah. like that yeah. was fun, you know, or when Holt, yep. or when Holt grabs him and like the hand like turns into like it a tube stuck. to, yeah, like that, that was, that was tight. I liked that. Um, I will say it did. The entrance felt a little unceremonious to me for like something like so large because it's just sort of like Tony's not there. And then all of a sudden he's just there in the Hulkbuster. It's, and it's kind of like, and what? it's like 75% already built. Right. We just see like the top of Tony's suit yeah. and then it finishes. I, I agree. It's probably because it was too expensive. Yeah, to, like, sure. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> super expensive. Yeah, with how many pieces and stuff were in the suit, that was a lot. An another thing I'll throw out, and this is again, uh, 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 can we get can we get some air horns? Yeah, please. Woo! Hey, welcome back to Christian's tiny nitpick corner. It's oh boy, very very tiny because it's almost not even worth mentioning, but I'm gonna mention it anyway. They so instead, do... we're going to spend a minute and a half going over it. Right? Go yeah, yeah. Which means yeah. this is the next twenty minutes of the <laughs> podcast. Um. Which is like, they do this thing that I've noticed as the destruction scales upwards in these movies, the idea that like everyone is just remaining completely unscathed becomes like less and less and less feasible to me. And we sort of get this really egregious example of that here where like uh there's this glass elevator with all these people in it oh yeah and the hulk like throws the hulkbuster into this glass elevator that then shatters and starts to fall and then of course tony saves it and everybody gets out or whatever but just like the impact of the Hulkbuster going into that elevator full of people, I'm like, they they would be dead, like dead, like dead, dead, like they're like they're like they are doomed. There is no hope for the people inside of that elevator. And then they just sort of show you this shot afterwards, where it's like, ah, oh, actually they were all fine. And I get why they do it, which is why it's a tiny nitpick. But it's like, I just noticed it a lot in this movie. Like, things where I'm just like this, like, like the inside of that elevator would just be viscera. Like, it would just be mangled corpses and unrecognizable gore. Like a fucking blood pinata, you know? And it's just like, not that. But it's like, why even include it then, yeah. you know? I mean, so you... Good thing they were in the MCU. Yeah, good thing. You have a tiny nitpick. But I have a tiny photograph that I keep with me, and I look at it. <laughs> okay. And I look at it every day. 
All right. Well, anyway, uh, they're going to you, need a, they're going to need a safe house to go to, and right. so Hawkeye is going to bring him to one. Ugh. It turns out that it's his actual house Ugh. with his family. Ick. Uh, and he, this is Bro, where Linda, I think the part Linda. Is... Everybody's been waiting for this though. Right. Everybody's been waiting for a Hawkeye backstory, like for like the longest Hawkeye back <laughs> with the feeblest <laughs> explanation, because they're like, "Hey, we didn't know this was here," and he's like, "Oh yeah, I asked Nick Fury to not keep any." records on it yeah. and everyone's like okay <laughs> it's like uh no hold on what <laughs> yeah so uh we get to meet uh uh hawkeye's wife and kids uh and and it is you know i do again i really like these moments where we get these real world situations that you put these larger in life characters in where all of a sudden thor cap iron man widow all these characters just walk into like a regular house to stay there and right. step on mm -hmm. some legos i just i love this idea of like them just hanging out in a house and like talking with each other and breaking wood outside and like all these things it's, the, it's these real world moments that i enjoy in these movies yeah, yeah i also got to say on the wood breaking point uh super tiny we don't have to dwell on it but i like how they're just like chopping wood and then at a certain point they start arguing and then captain america just splits the wood in half with his hands sort of showing that he could have just been doing that the entire time i thought that was like a fun little captain america thing yeah yeah, yeah. anyway back uh, to you dan <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> in this like housing scene too like uh we get uh uh just something that i fr i frankly hated this i did not i did not like this one bit where uh hawkeye first of all hawkeye with like the wife and the kids i was just like that I, that's fucking that's not doing it for me bro but whatever like sure i guess if that's the movie that's the movie but then uh, this was, remember when I said earlier in the podcast, I was foreshadowing a moment that would happen later. We get uh, mm -hmm. Hawkeye talking with his wife and uh -huh. he's just like, I'm I, all these other people are superheroes and I'm just a guy with a bow. I don't even know where I fit into this world. Uh, to which his wife uh, then explains to him that she's like, no, because you're the anchor that's holding the team together. They need something to fight for and and to and to remember what it is to be human. And you're that for them. And it's like and I was just like that. Like what? Like what the fuck? Like you can't make Hawkeye cool. Just like just stop trying to do that. <laughs> like you didn't need this. And this is like sort of what I was saying before, where I'm just like, it's almost like everyone in the writer's room is just like, okay, at this point, yeah, sure, Hawkeye sort of sucks. How do we sell Hawkeye to the audience is actually super important. And they try to sort of do it in this scene, and it just was not, it just was not doing it for me. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, but Hawkeye does get his own TV <laughs> show in the future. Yeah. Hawkeye gets no, his Hawkeye, own TV Hawkeye show in the future. Cool so. For a quick second when he becomes Ronin. And then, yeah. um, and then not at all. Well, after. spoilers. Come on, John. Uh, my bad. My bad. Um, anyways, uh, so we get a couple of uh, like conversation things that happen in this house during this time. One is the Cap and Iron Man conversation where Iron Man wants to end the team, but Cap thinks that war can't be stopped before uh, before it starts. 
uh, and then he breaks the wood with his hands. Um, we also get the Red Room story from Widow, mm-hmm. uh, where she talks about how she was sterilized yeah. uh, as a youngin. Right, so she's just uh, a fuck machine. She's like, yo, hey, oh, you can just geez. raw dog me. It's all good, brother. All good. But, okay, so uh, this this one was, like, especially bad because it's, like, it's implying that a woman without the ability to reproduce is a monster. Dude, yes, a hundred because because Hulk's like or Banner's like, I'm a monster. And she's like, No, you don't understand. I can't have children. I'm also a yeah. monster. And, <laughs> and then they like, bond over uh, that. Dude, yeah, no, 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 dude. Like, yeah, that fucking uh, counterpoint fuck. to that. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No. I was like, yeah, no. like how the fuck did this movie Please. make 1.4 billion dollars? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, not great. Not great. Not great. But uh, Fury does show up, so thank goodness for that save. Uh, which Fury shows up to talk with Tony, which, by the way, is a, a hint that. Maybe Hawkeye's wife is uh, not just the person hanging out at the house. That maybe she also has some connections into S.H.I.E.L.D. or other things since uh, she coordinates getting Tony in that barn so that uh, Fury can chat with him about uh, the vision of the future. But you know what? Fury doesn't own S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore. He's not his boss. He can't tell him what to do. Uh, And also, (laughs) I just like the idea of Tony trying to fix a, a tractor i think that was uh i would have liked to see a whole scene of that in fact a whole movie of just tony fixing tractors yeah because that's yeah. very interesting that was that was uh, kind of, that was kind of funny though to this uh movie's credit where it, they're just like hey we need this tractor fixed and he's begrudgingly just sort of like okay yeah. but it's like it's so far beneath him but he's just like fine yeah. fuck it you know yeah and this is the all the like down-to-earth real moments that I like where mm-hmm. we just take a pause from the fucking crazy for a moment, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, And then uh, Thor realizes that whatever he saw in that dream, he needs to go figure it out. And so he gets the fuck oh, out of there. Right. I and, forgot about that. Yeah, he goes uh, to find Selvig, which, thank goodness, Selvig is back with his crazy science. And hopefully uh, one day we'll get to see those poles again from Dark World that do everything <laughs> to save the world. Um, but this is at the point where, uh, Thor gets to, I think they called it the water of sight, uh, which was just a moment to get Thor's shirt off. Yeah. Hell Uh, yeah. I mean, that's really (laughs) what this moment was, but this is really the first time where we get like an even more in-depth moment where it's like, oh wait, somebody's really trying to compile these infinity stones and like we get the little shot uh, in the sky of like the gauntlet with the stones um uh put onto them right kind of showing like oh this is where we're going this is why we need to protect the mind stone this is why we need to figure out a solution we need to get a vision we need to do all this kind of stuff this is what thor sees right in this moment i have so many thoughts about this because it's like first of all where the fuck are these waters first of all like they literally just cut from the university at selvig's at and then they're like at the water yeah they're in this like yeah. mystical like, cave this, this yeah. cave yeah yeah it doesn't seem comfy there's it's very narrow it's just like this random pool of water sure and um and he's like talking about fucking like water spirits or some shit and i'm like what water spirits these spirits never come back later and you're telling me that 
we could have just gotten visions of the future for literally any problem we ever had <laughs> and found the solution to it. Like, I don't. Well, it's I think that there, it was supposed to, to enhance his specific dream, but yeah, it, it wasn't super clear. So yeah, I agree. With yeah. You. Yeah. We also, uh, around this point, I forget if it happens before that or after that, but again, little footnote, uh, this is where it's established that Wanda can do mind control shit at a distance. Um, she, uh, right. Yeah, because before she had to go up to people and like hold her hands by their head, but at this point, and I think it was with the like the scientist lady, um, where she like unmind controls her for a moment or whatever, yeah. so she can do that too, I suppose. But um, she like remotely messes with her mind, and that's like a thing. Um, well, yeah, this is where Ultron is working with Helen to try and create the the vision body but for himself right. to be uploaded into it um and that's where uh yeah wanda tries to read into that and as he's uploading his consciousness into the vision uh wanda reads the vision's mind and that's when they find out oh yeah your idea of peace in our time is to destroy the entire human race yeah just kill all gotcha. the humans yeah for the yeah. ultimate peace is he wrong? Like, uh, I don't know. That's a topic for another day, I guess. Maybe an end game. We can talk about that. But uh, yeah, that's that's where Wanda and Pietro realize, oh, wait, wait a minute. Maybe we're on the wrong side here. Right. Like, maybe we made a, a wrong call. Uh, oopsie. Oopsie. Yeah. <laughs> oopsie. Yeah. Also, uh, Dan, if you want to queue up some air horns. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Hey, what's up? Yeah. It's time for uh, Christian's uh, Allison's Thoughts Corner. Oh, um, hey. Okay. At, this point, at this point in the movie, I uh, turned to Allison, and uh, she was passed the fuck out. Just All dead right. asleep. Okay. I shook her awake and said, Perfect. hold on. Uh, <laughs> for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to need you to uh, throw down some thoughts. And uh, this is what she said. I like what they did with the what's it called? The robot? <laughs> Ulta? Ultra? No. <laughs> Ultan? I don't know. I wonder Ultan, where the yeah. Hulk and what's-her-face's romance will lead to. So far, it seems pretty good. And then she hey. promptly fell Whoa. back asleep. So there you go. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, but I, ho I hope you, I hope, I hope you enjoyed uh, Allison Chris Christian's Allison's wow. thoughts corner. Yeah! Wow, that was really great. <laughs> yeah, that's really a uh, good insight for yeah, Old Tan. I know it really um, blew my mind. It's so because, dude, it's like she's watched every single one of these movies with me, like dutifully, other than the Avengers, which she completely slapped through, and now the Avengers: <laughs> Age of Ultron, where I'm like, those are ostensibly the two movies you shouldn't be sleeping through. But you know, yeah, it, uh, here we are. Yeah. Well, uh, the Avengers are gonna go after that cradle. Uh, they want to steal that. Uh, uh, and get the vision body away. And so now we're going on a chase Whoa. and we're on the freeway and we're oh. jetting through things. And guess what we get in this scene? I don't even know if you caught it. Maybe you didn't, but uh, we get a plane jump. Wait, did we get a plane? Huh? How did I we miss a plane, plane jump? jump. It was on a motorcycle, though. Uh, oh, so yeah, Widow she jumps was on out. The motorcycle. That's true, she jumps yeah. out of the plane. That's true. That's fair. We get another fucking plane jump. That counts. Yeah, there you go. It does count, it and I, I even write cannot that down. believe it. Yeah, I cannot believe it. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, because the thing was for me, when as soon as this whole sequence started where it was like on the freeway and the thing and then they're flying in, I was like, we're going to get a plane jump. Yeah. I was like, we're going to get one. I, I have to keep an eye out for it. And then we, uh, yeah. yeah, we got and one. And then we did. So Nat, 
yeah, Nat comes out with the motorcycle, picks up the shield for Cap as Cap and uh, Ultron are fighting on top of the. Uh, I'm always the uh, cleaning the semi -truck. up after you boys. <sighs> yep. Thanks, Joss. Thanks, Joss. Appreciate you. Yeah, you're a really good one there. Uh, and then Quicksilver and Wanda decide. You know what? I think we need to. We need to help out here. I think we've caused enough problems. Um, and so I really liked uh, this moment here where this train goes off the tracks, right? And then they have to decide, like, well, how the hell are we going to stop this thing? I really liked Quicksilver's... By the way, I don't know if, like, we, we haven't really talked about this yet, but in movies that utilize fast speed characters, there's a few different ways you can do it. I really liked... Uh, the movement of Quicksilver in this movie. Like, super speed is done very differently in a lot of different things between DC and Marvel, but I really like the smoothness of his movement. Like, there was this one point where he comes back to the group and kind of walks backwards and as he slows down out of his super speed. Um, and I just thought they did a really good job with how they animated and did the CGI of him pulling each person away that was in front of the train it was going uh through the streets yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah sure yeah uh, yeah i like it a lot um i'm sad that there was no spider-man to help stop this train though that's true <laughs> where's we really toby when you need him yeah you, we need yeah him. yeah i know where's toby uh didn't we get a we got a train thing in uh the toby spider-man movie obviously but didn't yeah. they also do the train thing in um the spider-man game mm. And they kind of referenced that he had done it before as kind of a, a Easter egg back to Tony. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. after, so it's, after it's you good. fight Mr. Negative. <laughs> let's not even, <laughs> let's not go down that rabbit hole I'm again. Make you blow your brains out. Uh, <laughs> that's the most negative thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is where Wanda, after they save the train, tries to kind of get to Cap and say, you know, hey, I think Tony here is. The problem like tony is the root cause of all of these issues that are happening and she says the line that ultron can't tell the difference between saving the world and destroying it where do you think that he gets that and that was like a real impactful moment there for cap where he's like uh maybe i should go figure out what's going on with cap here yeah. maybe he's the problem sure um and it doesn't take long for that to play out because uh we find out that jarvis isn't actually dead right uh and that he has been the one behind the scenes preventing ultron from getting into place uh and it doesn't take long for him to go by the way i know that we just created this ultron monster but i think we should try it again because this time i think we'll get it right right uh which was uh quick and it was very quick how quickly banner got on board not only just got on board but was ready to physically fight people for the right to do it yeah, go ahead talking to Tony. piss me off <laughs> yeah. i don't think he says that right he, he does Did I not? he does he does that is a that is a direct <laughs> quote um <laughs> yeah i sort of felt like uh some of the pacing issues of this movie really kind of caught up to me at this point because all of a sudden like a ton of shit just happens really quickly it's like yeah captain america is like oh shit hold on tony stark's like more of a problem than perhaps i realized and uh ultron's like enacting his plan and now like wanda and quicksilver are, like good guys who are like on board with the whole thing and turns out jarvis isn't actually dead and we're going to like birth vision 
it was just kind of like boom, 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 boom. Like just a ton of things like happened all at once here. Um, yeah. Which again, sort of like whiplashed me a little bit. I was like, whoa, wait, what the fuck? Like it was like, it was like a lot to keep track of. Yeah. I, I like the idea of like this scene in a vacuum where it's like a lot of shit happens and like a lot of people come into the scene and start fighting each other. And then Thor's like, oh, I'm here too. And then he pops in. Then like, it's all to like, birth the vision right yeah yeah and so all the shit happens and the vision comes out and then there's this like really like quiet moment yeah where the vision just stares out of the window into the world and then it's just silent for a little bit so i think it's cool in isolation but yeah after in the context of the movie it doesn't really work that well yeah yeah, I, I love like this moment where Vision pops out because his movements, uh, the way they did his movements in this made him feel like he was like a transcended being, right? Like the first uh, moment of him getting out of the cradle and like stepping down onto it. And then he like f gets hit, but he stops super quick right in front of it in midair, right in front of that window. I just yeah. I I loved how smooth all those movements were and we see the clear shot of the mind stone in Vision's head which is a huge plot point here which is now one of the six infinity stones are just sitting right in Vision's head as part of the Avengers team yep. uh which makes them quite the target for the future. Uh and then uh Vision uh finally comes down and talks to the Avengers where they're trying to kind of suss out whether this guy is like is is he Ultron is he something else uh and what I like to is that vision in this moment looks over at Thor and then copies his appearance by giving himself a cape and kind of like the structure of the front of his outfit and all that kind of stuff so yeah. he he actually copies his look by looking at Thor and generates that that flowing gold cape behind him which is pretty cool yeah and I'll say too like credit where credit's due once again I think vision was cool I think it's like acted well and I think the costume design on it is like really good like actually yeah. I like how they yeah. like I mean and I always like say this I think it's just sort of an unavoidable consequence of these movies being what they are but like practical effects are always going to be cooler than like CGI stuff to me like a hundred percent of the time and I really like how with vision like it's like it like you could like you could like reach out and touch him you know what i mean like it's like he's like really grounded in like uh stuff and uh you know the the, the scenes in the world that's happening and i think that you know and obviously like some of him is cgi and that's the parts i don't necessarily like but like i think in order to sort of really like capture what the character is it's like the facial movements being like human and like you know sort of like the texture on his skin like all that stuff like i think it just worked really nicely and i think they did uh, uh, a good job with this character yeah and what's interesting too is i was uh, i remember seeing an interview with paul bettany who plays vision and that originally when they cast him on to do uh jarvis's voice it wasn't intended right away that he was going yeah. to become the vision, right? And so it's kind of wild that he started off just thinking he was going to voice this Jarvis character. And then they brought that same person into the role to play vision when yeah. they were ready to bring him to human form. And he 
worked out perfectly. Yeah, I mean, I feel really like good. he's a perfect fit. Yep. The facial movements, the way that he talks, everything is just it fits really, really well in this universe. And uh, so it's kind of a interesting uh, uh, path for him to take, which was just expecting to be behind the camera and then moving into the front of it. Yeah. Uh, also, so around this point, uh, we have uh, 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 falling cities and existential crises that need to be addressed. Yeah, there's a lot of shit mm-hmm. going there's a lot, on. There's a lot going on. Uh, we Luckily, see, because Vision lifts the hammer, they know that they can trust him. So right. they're ready to move. Yeah, absolutely. Which I also, uh, sort of to your point too, like Vision with the hammer, I thought that was fun. I'm like, hey, fuck yeah. it, why not? And again, cool callback to that original scene without yep. even realizing that they're gonna like do a callback to it like i thought yeah. i thought I, I thought that was good well it also it serves the fu- the the purpose of like proving that vision is a good person you yeah. know yeah. and that was like it not only is it like a cool thing for him to just hand the hammer over but it actually is like a very important point that gets them all moving forward after right yeah. So I thought that was really, really good. Yeah, even though I did maybe think it was kind of like strange uh, that the whole thing was like the world is being brought to its knees based on like Tony's hubris. And then they have this like big fight over Tony's hubris. And they're like, oh, my God, you almost your rash decision making almost killed us all. And then he's like, I'm going to do the same thing again. And they're like, stop. And it turns out it was actually just correct the second time. You know, I'm sort of like, oh, okay, yeah, there was yeah. no real consequence for that then, I guess. They they did move past it quickly, but I also did like just Thor walking by Tony and tapping him on the shoulder saying, well done. And then they just move on. Yeah. And I thought that that was just a, a fun little moment. I was like, <laughs> you know what? That's it. He did it. Well done. Let's move on. Yep. Um, yeah. We have a we have a city in chaos. Yeah. And we forgot to mention, too, that Nat was uh, captured because, of course, if any one of the Avengers was going to be captured by Ultron and made a prisoner, it was going to be Black Widow. Right. Um, And yeah, so they have to uh, go in and very quickly Banner just saves Nat. That's I mean, there was no real fight there. She uh, he takes a gun, opens the lock, pulls her out, and then they decide Hey, maybe it's time for us to leave and not go to Sokovia uh, because we're monsters and there's no place for us in a city of people. Right, of course, um, because one of them's the Hulk and the other one cannot bear children. True. So, it's the same level. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty grotesque. Yeah, um, we do get Vision and Ultron coming together for the first time, which uh, uh, seeing both of these beings together was pretty cool. And then Vision kind of cutting Ultron off from the rest of the internet was a way to centralize this fight. Um, how it made a hundred percent sense didn't because hey, if we're looking at uh Dan's technology corner, uh, it, it doesn't seem like cutting him off, but then him being able to still control the entire Iron Legion from tens of miles away. Uh, fits no, 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 no. together. He, he just cut him off from the internet, but he's still got Bluetooth. But Bluetooth is only thirty feet. So no, he's got really yeah, strong. yeah, but he has like oh, super Bluetooth. Like, it's oh, like blue okay. serrated. No, teeth. here's what it is. He has Bluetooth, oh. but also you got to remember all of the units have Bluetooth as yeah, well. Yeah, so it's yeah, making a Bluetooth network throughout the city. 
Wow, I didn't even yeah. know you could create Bluetooth networks. That's a new technology for uh, me. Oh, really? I well, that. I thought you worked in yeah. IT, so maybe wow. you should uh, go back hit the books. More like dumb me. Yeah, more is like what more like I am dumb right me. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. We also see around this point, by the way, again, uh, part of the uh, it, thematically me not liking Wanda. Uh, we see her mind <laughs> control multiple people at once. Uh, yeah, which would have been very useful at basically any other point in any the movie. Point. Like, so okay, so she just can do that then. But then we even take it a step further and see her uh, mind control multiple people at once from long range, from distances now, which again, like the scene where she's like getting all of the Avengers uh, uh, like earlier in like the chip area with the one-armed guy. It's like the only reason that she gets stuck in the head with an arrow is because she has to sneak up on Hawkeye and Hawkeye like you know, just fucking like, boop, like attaches that to her head and she has to do all of them individually, but it actually turns out she can do multiple at once. And not okay. only can she do multiple at once, but she can do multiple at once from a distance. So like, why okay. did that even okay. need to happen? So if I were to try to fight this in any sure. way, shape or form, yeah, please. what I would say is there's two different mind control things that she did. Okay. There's number one, trying to make people take actions. Right. And number two, enhance the fear center in their brain in some way to be able to show them dreams or visions of things that will essentially cripple them. Right. Right. Uh -huh. And the ones where she went to the fear center to try to cripple, to create the visions and the dreams, she was up close. And the ones where she was just making people move was at a distance. Okay. I can, uh -huh. I can accept that under one condition. <laughs> I have one. Here we go. I better never see her make <laughs> nightmares at a distance for the rest of these movies, and then I will accept sure. that point. Okay, deal. Yeah. yeah, just like you better never see a Loki utility belt. I right? better never see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that would break the entire MCU. Oh, right. God, that's just that's terrible. Anyways, um, but we do in this moment somehow Wanda is good in using her powers, but then she's not really fighting the robots though. So we get a moment where she's like in this space with Hawkeye, and Hawkeye is gonna be the anchor of the team again and really mm -hmm. inspire her. And by the way, I don't know if you know this, Hawkeye has the power to just make anyone an Avenger without talking to anyone right? else. He is like if you know, because he is the backbone. Right, because he's, he's the backbone. Right, yeah. After after Coulson died, it's like all the responsibility yeah, went on to Hawkeye. Yeah. And it's weird because he in this moment too even says the city's flying, we're fighting robots, and I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes any sense. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Well, we got real there for a second, well, I guess. I'm glad you understand yeah. what's going on. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's like you've been listening to cape shit. Also, um, uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, shout outs here too. Uh, throughout the uh, 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 ensuing chaos in the city, uh, we also uh, get a... Uh, prominently featured uh woman wearing a skimpy outfit right. with big yeah. ass titties dude and she's <laughs> and she's running too and out of all of the people running they spend the most time on skimpy outfit big titty lady she's uh, running with a child <laughs> i don't think 
I don't think her outfit is skimpy. It just has a lot of cleavage, and she's got a lot of boob. Yeah, and that's that's yeah, that's all it is. So you know, again, you're right. They do give. I'm a sure lot it's of just a lot of screen time to her. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's just coincidence in a Joss Whedon movie. Right? I'm sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but we now start to get some backup, right? So Iron Man and Friday, which is the new AI that uh, Iron Man has implanted into his systems, which will be uh, the continuing one as we move forward. Uh, Friday will be that as now Jarvis is part of the vision. Um, we also get Fury showing up with one of the... Uh, what do you? What are they called again? The the, the, the helicarrier. Helicarrier. Like yeah, yeah. So Fury shows up with a helicarrier and life, bo- life ships, rafts, boats. Yeah. D- flying ships, uh, to get people off of Sokovia. Uh, and War Machine is also with them as well. So now they're taking out a. a, a War Machine's helping to take out the Iron Legion in the air with Iron Man, which is actually a pretty cool shot seeing Iron Man and War Machine side by side kind of taking down the Iron Legion together. That's yeah, fun. Uh mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a little fun moment to Also throw in by there. the way, cuz this is going to matter later and I kind of glossed over it. Uh Thor and Ultron are fighting at this point. Um they yes. they uh, but they, but they, but this happened earlier. So they sh- they are they are they are going toe to toe. And uh the this is where they're all needing to kind of get to the core because they realize like if Ultron presses this button, this mysterious button that's sitting in the middle of Sokovia, the entire island will fall to the earth as a giant meteor to destroy the human race and really the earth as a whole. It's going to be an Um, extinction level event. Yeah. And so they got to get everyone together and that essentially like while she is, you know, talking to Banner about leaving, she realizes that they need to, they need to be part of this fight. And so he, she throws him down a pit to turn him into the Hulk, uh, which they end up going up there. And as I think Tony is the one who calls for them and says, uh, Avengers to the core, Nat and Banner better not be playing hide the zucchini. Hide the zucchini. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh Funny. But also, Jesus Christ, come on, guys. What are we doing here? Like, why? Come on. Yeah. It's a little ridiculous. Um, but now we're we're here. This is it. The also, big it's like Avengers. the implication that, like, she's going to, like. do it while he was Hulk. Yeah, like, 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 they're going to, like, fuck <laughs> while he's the Hulk. Like, like, I'm pretty sure that would kill her, dude. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but now we get the big, the big Avengers team up fight scene. Uh, and we've got Iron Man, Vision, Hulk, Cap, Widow, Hawkeye, Wanda, Quicksilver, boom, all around in this giant circle. I, surprisingly enough, I love this moment. Like, I love any time where we just get them all in kind of this enclosed space and the you get, like, the top-down view and they're all fighting off the Iron Legion and, and like, certain slow-mo moments hit and each one you kind of pass through and see how they're taking out the Iron Legion separately per character. This is a great, mm-hmm. really well choreographed moment, I think. Yeah, sure. I think it's cool, uh, except for the fact that Natasha brings herself into the fight and then we proceed to never see her really do anything. I think she takes down like one robot at the <laughs> beginning and then you never see her do anything ever after that. Yeah, and we also around here too, like get this funny thing where it's sort of like, pops back to Thor and Ultron fighting and it's like oh yeah right like they've just been like fighting like 
this entire time, but it was sort of this like weird pacing thing where it like sets up their fight and then like 10 minutes of shit happens and then it like just pops back to them and they're like, and now our showdown. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck were you guys doing that entire time? Like so much <laughs> happened in between. Well, I think they were both stalling for time. Thor and Ultron were stalling for time for their own reasons. Yeah, for their which, own, again, sure. Um, but at some point here, Ultron just gets fucking pummeled away, and then everyone is going to help with the rest of the evacuation for Sokovia um, and ensuring that people can actually get off this island because it doesn't seem like they're going to land this thing back onto Earth. Um, and so everyone is helping bring people in, including Hawkeye. Which, thank goodness, Hawkeye's there, honestly. Right, your boy. He, and then, know, he really saved it. And actually, he looks at Titty Girl, and that's the whole <laughs> impetus of his thing, is that now the girl with the tits is in the like the uh, uh, the ship, but her 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 kid, her kid is out there in the mm -hmm. rubble. Yeah. And he's like and he's like, Well, I'm a sucker for uh women with uh huge titties. I guess I'll go rescue your child. And then he begins uh running yeah. uh, uh uh towards the rubble selflessly. And the funny yeah. part is is that the kid isn't even trapped. He's just there. He's just kind of standing there. Yeah, he's like, I yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put everyone's life at risk. Yeah, and then and they kill Quicksilver. And then they kill Quicksilver I mean, and like a, destroy him. I'm, and I like I don't know, man. I, I like I don't know, dude. I guess like maybe this is just like personal preference for me. But that scene just like I, it's supposed to be this large, emotionally impactful moment, you know. And to me, I was just kind of like who you know it's like i mean this dude sort of got introduced at the beginning and then delivers some like cheesy ass one-liners and then gets like shredded by a mounted turret or whatever and it was kind of like yeah. uh, okay like it it almost felt like his entire thing was just to serve as a character arc for wanda which i think is yeah. i think yeah true so, it's true yeah. what it is yeah for sure it RP is true to uh kick ass yeah i also don't think they wanted to um explain his background of powers because wanda is very clearly created by the mind stone but it's like super speed doesn't really make a ton of sense in that moment to be created by the mind stone and so do you call him a mutant and i think they just didn't want to address any of that in the mcu yet yeah. so it was probably just easier to kill him off yep yeah but maybe also I'm like using super speed at all is always like a, a hard thing to incorporate into everything yeah right well because sure. because the minute that you have like super speed it's like it's kind of part of the reason why like um like the flash too like in the dc universe yeah. there's like a lot of comic artists uh and writers who like just straight up don't like uh doing flash things uh because it's like it's really hard to design a situation that the flash couldn't just realistically overcome every single obstacle no matter what in and i feel like um quicksilver is like almost sort of similar it's like it's like you almost sort of have to like factor in disabling the super speed in order for the shit to make sense because beyond that it's like you can't like catch him and he's always going to like win in every single conceivable circumstance so you just need to like sort of shove him out so that you don't run into that later yeah also uh unrelated trivia what's his face that plays quicksilver in this movie plays kick ass in kick ass 
but then mm. Evan Peters is also like Kickass's best friend in Kickass. Who but Evan Peters also plays Quicksilver, Quicksilver in yeah. the X Men movies. Yeah. Yeah, so. these uh, both Wanda and Quicksilver for this movie were on loan from 20th Century Fox. They still actually owned the movie rights to these oh, characters really? when they showed up. Yeah, um, which Disney at some point was like, cool, we'll just buy 20th Century Fox. No big deal. Just yeah. give us all your characters now. That's fine. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, uh, Quicksilver is dead. Uh, Hulk steals the Quinjet from Ultron, who was using the guns to try to shoot down that single child where Quicksilver died. Um, but instead of Hulk turning around, he just keeps going. Right, and it, and, and it's also sort mm -hmm. of a funny scene because, like, Natasha calls him, and it's like, all right, big guy, the the sun setting or whatever thing that she's saying. She's like, yeah, you need, you need to come back to us. And then Hulk, like, hangs up on her, and she's just like, oh, no. But it's like... Just like call him again, you, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was this like weird, like is she's like, oh no, this is the finale. Well, it's like he didn't like break that it's the a console. What? Well, you're assuming it's a phone. Well, he might have just turned off comms. I yeah, I guess maybe. I mean, but I didn't take it like I took it like he just sort well, of. Well, it's hung not like up. it was a T-Mobile cell phone that he could just, you know, take another call on. If he turns off comms for a ship, then you can't get a hold of him. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, back yeah, to you. He's got really big <laughs> fingers. Maybe he just like pushed the wrong button. Right. Yeah, there you go. Hung up on yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is all very realistic, okay? Uh, you know what? I Here we go. Uh, Dan didn't like this moment. Uh, Wanda tries to uh, get back at Vision, because or not at Vision, uh, at uh, Ultron. Um, and she said, I'm going to make you feel the pain that I'm feeling and pulls out something that looks like a heart from in the oh, middle yeah. of, she could have just Ultron's always done chest. that. Yeah. Also just like, that's not how robots work. And why would he have something shaped like a heart inside? It just, I don't, it just, I don't, it doesn't make any. No, it's because yeah. her powers are turbocharged by sorrow, dude. Yeah. That's, well, I mean that is actually yeah. true, and that is canon to that's the can, future. And, of the and that's and that, which yeah. is which is the only reason I didn't even bring that up. If I had never seen yeah, Wandavision, <laughs> I would have had a huge problem with that. But I saw Wandavision, yeah. so I'm like, okay. When she gets sad, her powers amplify. So fine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, this is it. We're wrapping up the Sokovia storyline as Iron Man and Thor destroy Sokovia into pieces. Vision saves Wanda from Sokovia before it explodes. Hulk is gone. And then Vision finds the last Ultron bot. And uh, they have this conversation about the human race, which is a, a standard Vision conversation here. Um, yeah, ever heard of the ship of Theseus? Have you ever heard yeah, of the ship of Theseus, <laughs> bro? Uh, and then he, uh, I did, I mean, this is a cheesy line, but I kind of liked it where he's like, uh, Ultron says, you're unbearably naive. And uh, Vision says, well, I was born yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and then he destroys Ultron dead. Uh, and we assume that that's the last bot. And Ultron is now fully destroyed. We assume. 
we assume. Uh, Hawkeye's back home, thank God. I mean, honestly, this is the only part I was waiting yeah. for. Is, does Hawkeye make it back? Yeah, he does, uh, thankfully. And, and he does. He does make it back home. And then now, uh, after we've gotten, finally, the resolution of Hawkeye being home, which is what we were all waiting for, uh, the new Avengers facility is live. Uh, Widow's there. Cap is there. Uh, and Selvig has decided to move in and help out as well. Thank goodness. Cause you know, after the polls, I think that he's really, uh, established himself as a scientific mind that we all need. So good thing Selvig shows up there. Uh, and then Thor, Tony and Cap are talking about the infinity stones and these really, it's the, it's the main three. So it's, it's kind of nice to see these three kind of talking about the future of what's next and that, uh, they kind of also hint that they'd like Thor to stay. Like, it's good having him around and all that, but he's off to find out more about these Infinity Stones because four of the six have already showed up. Uh, and we're about to see more of them uh, coming up pretty soon. Um, and so he also mentions, Tony also mentions here that he'd like to build Pepper a farm uh, after seeing Hawkeye's setup. And uh, maybe that's something we'll get to see in the future is Tony uh, living out his days with Pepper. Um, and yeah, maybe, creating maybe. that family. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't get uh, killed eventually. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, and then we uh, we see that, you know what? Uh, Cap's going to continue on. This is where he is. This is his home. And so he walks out with Widow out into this warehouse, and we've got four heroes out there hanging out, and he says, Avengers! Huh. And then they cut out. Yep. And then you see the, Joss Whedon's name in giant bold Joss letters. <laughs> in Thanks, case you Joss. didn't realize that Joss Whedon made this movie based on everything he did to it. Right. Uh, yes, it was created by uh, Joss Whedon. Uh, and that's it. And that's, uh, that's the movie yeah. until we get a little mid credit scene here. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. Which is, you know what? Fine. I'll do it myself. And Thanos yep. gets the glove. And that doesn't really make any sense to me as a line. But sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I'm just saying, like, and then there's no end credit scene. So, oh, and then there's no, no right. So we scene. get so we get this as like this is like the big like, ooh, and yeah. And so it's like, what is that like implying that like Thanos like set these events into motion to like, yeah, like, you know, like what? Like, what, like what was his, that? his plan was to create extinction on earth no it wasn't and also like did he set this plan into motion no he didn't so like yeah what i does think he the, mean? the f i think that this was a, a badly placed end credit scene if anything you know place it at the end of like thor dark world because you know people are trying to get the aether and they're not able to get it and then you know what's right. his name malekith isn't able to do it and that should be worth thanos had gone fine i'll do it myself and the goal is for him to go get all the infinity yeah, or stones even the at the end of guardians of the galaxy it would have made sense too because it's sure. like you know yeah, exactly the yeah. collector oh, yeah that would have made way more sense and he's like okay yeah. fine like i'll just but after this one i'm like so but it's like you didn't really have anything to do with like quicksilver or wanda who were yeah. like the catalyst <laughs> to the entire yeah. fight. so like so so what do you so what do you mean dude but also it it wasn't super clear, but where he got the gauntlet from, 
but the placing kind of reminded me of the uh underground bunker place at asgard where they stored all those artifacts yeah and right. like somehow thanos got in there and got it but later on we find out that thanos got the gauntlet made on this dwarf star that uh could create these really powerful weapons including a gauntlet that could hold all six infinity stones so it's kind of didn't really line up either so none of none of it kind of lined up to just yep. besides the fact say that oh by the way thanos is coming right so i it. guess what we're trying to say is fuck joss whedon <laughs> yes i think yeah, that's our final shit, conclusion dude. there um, well, we made it through another Avengers movie Woo! and, uh, it was a roller coaster for sure, because I did like your point at the start, which is like, this movie did some things better than all the other kind of team ups in other Avengers and even some of the Marvel movies we've seen, but it also did some of the most egregious things yep. when it came to character development. So I think that's a pretty valid statement there. So I'm curious Christian, take us with some thoughts and a rating. All right, dude. So uh, the what we liked, what we didn't like, and final thoughts from John. I think uh, if the task is falling upon me to tell you what I liked, um, I mean, like, so I'll like I'll start this by saying, like, I thought overall, like, the movie itself was somewhat mediocre, right? But I think that like one thing that it, they did really well was uh, probably the most obvious thing, which is like sort of the interplay between all of the characters was good. And I guess at the end of the day, for an Avengers movie, that's all you really need. Or like, that's the thing you need to nail. And that is what they nailed. Like, I thought that, um, you know, the farm scenes were cool, uh, like in the sense of everyone just sort of palling around and being, you know, uh, uh, sort of like toned down versions of what we normally see. But then they also managed to get uh, the fight scenes correct to, you know, we said it earlier, but like how even the motion through some of them went where it would be like one guy and then it would focus on another guy and then it would maybe focus on like two people doing something like flipping out like the large scenes that needed uh to be sort of like dramatic and impactful i think they did uh uh beyond even like okay it's like they did them like really well and i thought that you know we got like the nice mixture of the avengers sort of working together as a team and also the Avengers, uh, you know, kind of in their off time and like what the interplay between their dynamics are, which I also thought was the best part of the first Avengers movie as well. But I uh, dare say that this one dove even a little bit deeper into the sort of uh, uh, relationships between everybody. And I enjoyed that for what it was. That being said, uh, I am going to uh, go ahead and give this movie, wait for it, a three on the oh, Christians. No. Come on. But, but, Come but, on. I am going to hit you with a little justification as to why. And it's interesting because I'm learning a lot about uh, sort of myself and my own taste, which I've said before, um, before we even started this, I was kind of like, oh, I don't really like these movies. It's hard for me to explain why. But like, I, like, I've really started to figure out the why. And I think for me, it's like, the story has to hold together and like make sense to me. And if it doesn't, it like, it, it, it like, 
irrevocably destroys my enjoyment of the thing. I think back to like all of the movies that we've watched from the MCU that I have kind of enjoyed. And it's like a plot that doesn't leave me wondering too much by the end. Like, uh, and I think in this one, uh, personally, and I don't know, I mean, maybe I'd actually be interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this. I feel like the story was the weakest part to me. Like, the sort of visuals and even, like, you know, some of the more individual scenes were really good, actually. Like, super serviceable and beyond even serviceable into a realm of being, like, great at points. But the overall narrative of the thing just felt weak to me. And it just messes up my enjoyment of the thing when, you know, we don't get sort of a lot of larger meta plots. It's like sort of what you saw on the screen was what was happening. And it by the end of the movie, I'm still wondering about powers and Ultron in general. And if there was sort of any larger points to be gleaned from this other than just what I saw unfold in front of me, which was fine, but I wouldn't really recommend it to anyone. It's interesting. I That's thought fair. you'd at least get a four i really did thought it was gonna at least get a four i like the hey, first avengers right. more dude like honestly i don't know it's, yeah <laughs> yeah well good thing this is the last joss whedon outing um yeah and and you know what not to steal your because th- it's your part of the segment now but like legit i think i might just not like joss whedon like honestly which is fair because fair, like yeah. Uh, like uh, the points in this movie that stuck out to me is like not good were like it's like they stuck out to me so hard i was like what the fuck yeah. is that even again dude like like uh, you know uh, banner falling over a bar to like motorboat black wit like there was just too much of that for me to really be yeah. like oh this was great you know like no sure sure that's fair uh what didn't i like i didn't like the banner widow relationship uh i didn't like uh realistically how they kind of treated that whole thing through the movie i think that i kind of didn't remember how hard they pushed that in this movie because as we go past this they kind of don't (coughs) revisit that relationship idea again but it almost feels like more of a brother sister relationship moving forward um and so it didn't really uh, I didn't really get reminded until I rewatched this. Wait, hold again. on, pause. I know what you're saying, but like, just because I haven't seen, like, re- like really, like, 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 they're not setting this up for like Black Widow and Hulk to be nope. like, that's fucking no, insane, dude. That is, cr- they, they spent back s- off of. That. They spent so much time in this movie establishing that. If they, dude, if they John drop yeah. that later, does. yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Well, okay, because yeah, and again, like after this, Hulk is gone. Hulk's, we don't know where he goes, and we will find out eventually, but um, that's not for a little while. It's going to be, I think, at least three years before, in MCU time, three years until the Avengers link up with Hulk again, um, at least as a full team capacity. But anyway, so, um, yeah, I didn't really like how forceful it all felt uh, in the forced moments where they really again, kind of fucked over Black Widow. And again, it really made me see the pattern of Joss Whedon here between these movies. And I think before it was harder for me to see the patterns because I saw them when they all came out. So it was, you know, three years or four years in between Avengers movies. 
Um, but to see them all back to back really shows how they kind of fucked over certain characters in the MCU, um, specifically mm-hmm. in this movie. And so those relationships, the motorboating, the that kind of stuff, it just all was really out of control <laughs> when you go back and watch it with any type of constructive lens. Um, so overall, I would rate this movie uh, probably about a 6 out of 10. Um, it was, I really enjoyed the moments that were down to earth, the party, the barn or the farm or whatever. Those were cool. And I am a sucker for any moment where all the Avengers are fighting right next to each other and getting those slow motion moments or the moment where they're surrounding the core and fighting. Um, overall though, like Quicksilver didn't hit that hard for me. Wanda didn't hit that hard for me in this movie, even knowing where she's going to go, what she's going to be. So yeah, I'd say a six out of 10 for this movie. Sick. Um, so this movie kind of hit a lot of extremes. I don't think there was much like lukewarmness or mediocrity in this movie. It was either really bad or really good. Um, and so, like, the parts that I loved were the art direction on Ultron, the mm. art direction on Vision. Um, I thought the CGI, like, the camera movement in fights was really fucking cool. Um, but then, yeah, then you get all the fucking weedonisms, as people <laughs> like to call it. Um, and that drags the movie down a lot. And to Christian's point, yeah, this movie doesn't really have a lot going for it in terms of story and there are a lot of holes you can poke in it um and while i tend to personally look at the uh the play between different characters in stories um yeah it's really hard to ignore all of the bad shit that that joss whedon put into the movie so i i i don't know i honestly don't know where to place this movie because it's very half and half to me. So I think I'm going to have to give this a fuck Joss Whedon out of 10 and just leave it at that. <laughs> um, I will just one last note to throw out again, because I really want to nail this point home. Ultron performance was the peak of this movie for me. I really love James Spader as Ultron and every moment he had a monologue or like a speech or whatever. I feel like it was super well done. Yeah. The animation for him, the way his mouth moved and his face moved, it all felt like really cool. So I really enjoyed that except for one moment on the boat where we got a close up of his face and you could see like he had teeth. I thought that that shit was super weird. It was like the Sonic movie where the first iteration of Sonic <laughs> had teeth in his mouth that were really weird looking. Uh, that was the only call. But anyways, loved it. Loved it. Great performance by James Spader. Yeah, thanks, James. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that was another exciting episode of your favorite uh, podcast, uh, Cape Shit. We'll see you we'll on the next one. Thanks, everybody. Peace. See ya. Bye.